Hey pals, welcome back. It's another week here, um, and it is another week in which uh, we're being a little bit lazy. So we're having, I can't remember what we had decided to call this, a campfire episode, a slumber party story time, but that's basically what we're doing. So buckle up, because it's not a lot of true crime, a lot of ghosts, and uh, we do have to, as promised, talk about the evil baby orphanage. orphanage. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was editing the episode, and I was, like, very tempted to look it up. I was like, no, she's mm, going to... Don't do it. I can't quite remember what I was going to say. Were you going to talk about what an evil bastard the John Mulaney is? Okay, <laughs> no. What I was going <laughs> to... Well, yes. Yes on that. He is. Um, respect for Anna. Justice for Anna. Um, I think... Olivia Munn is maybe doing a little bit of a shysty entrapment situation there. Um, but he mm. also clearly cheated on his wife, so... Right. Mm. Did you also see there's this, like, um, progression? So they used to take, like, pictures on New Year's Eve of, like, the aura photography. Yeah. And it just, like, progressively got darker and darker through the years. And I, like, don't necessarily buy into that stuff, but I just thought it was kind of funny that, like, you can see the downfall of their marriage and... The form of aura photography and also the uh like her art series and like the Anne Boleyn stuff so I saw something on TikTok and I probably sent it to you where it was like people are speculating that the timeline of like the downfall of Henry VIII's and Anne mm-hmm. Boleyn's marriage coincides with the downfall of um Anna Marie Tendler and John Mulaney's marriage because it's like very similar I I did indeed see the comparisons there but yes John Mulaney, trash. Mm-hmm. Full on. Also, it's, like, a really common thing with, like, addiction therapies where they're, like, do not make any life-changing uh, decisions within, like, the first year after you leave uh, rehab because it's, like, you're still very emotionally unstable. You need mm-hmm. stability. And he's, like, trying to be, like, oh, yeah, Olivia Munn and this baby are going to provide – they're going to save me and they're going to put – you know, make me accountable for all this stuff. And it's, like, what's what happens when that fails? Because mm-hmm. there's a chance, you know, he could relapse, and it's fine. That's just a part of the addiction process, you know, no judgment there, but it's more of just, like, you're you're putting all of your success and happiness, like, on On them. the shoulders of literally, like, an unborn child, which is a right. very dangerous game to be playing. The other thing I saw, and I probably also sent this to you on TikTok, was where someone was speculating that um, John Mulaney and Pete Davidson had a Freaky Friday moment and switched bodies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did see that, because Pete, he's been, like, I don't want to say getting his act together, but, like, getting rid of his tattoos. He's just, like, kind of mellowing out a little bit. Not to say that I ever disliked his tattoos. I do like a fully tatted person. I think it's very cool, but... He's just, like... Slowing down. He's, like, yeah, doing charity yeah. work. He's not, you know, being as crazy and out there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think uh, someone... The person that was doing, like, the Freaky Friday TikTok was saying, like, if you told me that Pete Davidson was having a baby with Olivia Munn after getting out of rehab, mm-hmm. I would believe that. But basically all the evidence behind this was that, like, they switched costumes for one SNL skit, like, a year ago. (laughs) And then, like, they tried to switch back, but it's because they didn't switch costumes and characters and stuff. And so then, um, like, they haven't been able to switch back. And then, Mm -hmm. like, Anna Marie Tendler knows that it's Pete Davidson and John Mulaney's body. So she's just like, okay, no, we're done. Oh, God. And she's, like, (laughs) seems like such a nice, sweet person. Too, so I do feel quite bad for her. Yeah. And for the dog. Justice oh, for Penelope. God. Isn't that the same Penelope? Petunia. So. Petunia. Oh, that's even cuter. Petunia. Could you imagine, though, just like the... I mean, it's so sad to think about that one day, you know, you're a dog. You don't understand things. Your mm-hmm. dad just leaves and never comes back. <laughs> I saw a TikTok today on my lunch break that legitimately made me cry. <laughs> and it was this Great Dane... And the text of her was like, it was clearly in a shelter. And it's like, their family just got a new puppy and surrendered her to the shelter. And she was just like this lovely, old, like, gray, great Dane. And she just looked like the sweetest girl. Thankfully, at the end of the TikTok, they did let us know that she was going to a family that had a lot of experience with great Danes and that was going to be very well looked after. But I was like, oh my God, imagine just like not understanding why your mom and dad just like 
abandon you at, with a stranger. Oh my god, it's hurts. It hurts. My heart. Especially for animals like dogs and cats, like they have a relatively. I mean, yeah, like fifteen years is kind of a long commitment, but it's a relatively short lifespan for an animal. Like mm-hmm. the animals, a lot of other land animals can live much longer. And so it's like, you know, for some of those animals, it's like, okay, you know, they do get passed around because their owners die mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, they're a little bit more like, yeah, I'm an old weathered bitch. It's fine. Yeah. But... It's not like a tortoise that lives for a hundred years. Like. Yeah. Tortoise is just like, yo, you're the bitch that's feeding me now. Okay. You're my new yeah. staff. Got it. You know. It's um, like legitimately a family heirloom to have a tortoise. Like it just gets passed down through generations. Or like a parrot. Yeah, yeah. They can live to be, what, like 50, 60? Yeah, they can live for a long time. Jesus. There's some that, like, I think are, like, 70, 80, maybe? That Maybe I'm making that up. Well, and considering how hard they think birds are to keep alive, like, they're very particular. You have to be, like, a very dedicated and very good pet owner to be able to keep a bird alive and well for 60 years. That's Mm -hmm. impressive. That's very impressive to me. Like those and any sort of reptile or amphibian. I have like a fuzz or something in my nostril. I think it's a cat hair because I was doing like one of these on my cat's belly earlier. <laughs> so listeners, I'm not picking my nose. I'm simply retrieving the cat hair from my nostrils. Listeners wouldn't know. Viewers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is berries and cream TikTok. Oh my God. I am a little lad, and I do love berries and cream. Okay, and you know what's really troubling about this whole berries and cream resurgence is that a lot of the Gen Z on TikTok were not, like, old enough or maybe even alive to remember the actual lifesavers. Wasn't it? It was berries and cream lifesavers. Starburst. It was some candy that is no longer made, and it was, the commercial was the berries and cream lad. And it was, like, a thing. It was that, and then that, who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? That commercial for yeah. Orbit came out around the same time, and I just don't think... Like, I'm I'm very happy that the little lad is on TikTok, but I just don't know <laughs> that, that the younger kids really understand or realize where that started, and it makes my heart so happy to see him back. And it's the yeah. actual guy, too, which is even better. It's not some, like, Joe Schmell, like, I kind of look like this guy. It's the actual berries and cream little lad. Yeah, because isn't he, like, um, some sort of dance instructor in, in, like, New York? And he, like, teach. I think he teaches at a college. Really? Yeah, because someone's, like, someone's, like, the the little lad is my professor at college. <laughs> I didn't know that. But, and he does, like, um, like, art stuff, art performances and. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. It's perfect. That's mm-hmm. also something that I feel like was so deeply ingrained on my psyche as a young person. Yep. Even before all of the TikTok stuff, there was days where I'd just be like, berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad that loves berries and cream. I could go on and on about the little lad. My TikTok has been, for some reason, very boring recently. And I think it's because, like, the last week or so, I've just not had as much TikTok time as I would like. Mm-hmm. So my for you page is getting kind of fucked up. So, so it's a little bit spiral. of a disappointment. I am starting to spiral and it's making me quite sad. Although, did you see? Okay, so there was this woman from Dallas and I think she's like a radio talk show host. And so she got, I guess, stood up by a Tinder date. Mm-hmm. It was the first first time they were meeting. And then she leaves and like two hours later, the guy is like really fucking upset about it. And is like, give me another chance. And he literally leaves her a string of eight voicemails that are just like gaslighting her and then he'll like immediately apologize and then he like mm-hmm. says oh you're just another one of those girls and then he li- it's insane like she plays all the messages on her tiktok and then his this man's mother calls and leaves a voicemail that's like i didn't raise my boy like that you should come over to our house for dinner and it's like you can see very clearly where this man gets the audacity from and it's his mother but it's wild so i have you seen this are you familiar yeah i saw it it's fucking crazy i feel a little concerned for her safety to be honest well there's some people saying that's just like a bit and then there's other people that are like i've literally had like this happen to me Mm -hmm. and then i think i saw because i think i saw like a compilation on facebook and someone was like no i know this guy he is this crazy like Mm -hmm. 
He is yeah, I mean, unhinged. like, she dodged a bullet, good for her, but at the same time, holy shit, get a restraining order from that man and his mother. The world of online dating is just crazy because so many people, even before you, like, meet them in person, just on the app start to, like, unleash their cra- crazy, and you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, no, okay, goodbye. And then they, like, sometimes will track you down and, like, try to find you and be like, hey, how come you uh, deleted the app? And it's just like, dude. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, I, so my husband and I got together, like, literally probably about a month before, I think, Tinder be- was, like, the first one that came out. And it was, like, right before Tinder became, like, a big thing mm-hmm. is when we got together. So I never got to experience the pure joy of just superficially judging someone on an app for a few hours. I'm glad I didn't have to, because that sounds terrifying. Um, However, my sister met her husband on Tinder, so it's not, like, that weird. People meet people on Tinder all the time with successful relationships, so. Yeah, I've got a lot of cousins that met on Tinder. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot. A few of them even put it on their wedding website. They didn't even try to make up a story. They're like, Mm -hmm. we met on Tinder. Yep. It's I mean, hey, it's... Got a pretty proven success rate. And if you're there, you know, for a hookup, then yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Lots of people meet their matches on Tinder, so not going to knock it. Have you been following at all um, Gabby Petito? That Gabby Petito case? I kind of looked into it a little bit earlier today and then I got mm-hmm. busy. It's I have a theory on this because... So, for those of you who aren't familiar, I'm sure, I mean, you guys are listening to, like, a paranormal and true crime podcast. I'm sure most of you are familiar at this point. But, essentially, what happened is this young woman and her boyfriend were traveling the country in a van that she had rented. And so, recently, like, it was late August, she stopped communicating with her family. And so, they got concerned, yada, yada. And then, come to find out, like after they did the missing persons report, I think, something like that, they found the boyfriend in Florida at his parents' house with the van, but with no Gabby. <laughs> so it seems a bit suspicious because he's, like, refusing to talk to the police without a lawyer, which, regardless of if he's innocent or guilty, it's very smart for him not to say anything until mm-hmm. he does have legal representation. So I will not knock him for that. I'm not going to presume that he... Well, I am going to presume that he's guilty because nine times out of ten... He would be the guilty party here, and I do have a theory about this. But anyway, I digress. Today, they put out um, body cam footage from the police. I guess they had some sort of domestic incident while they were in Utah, and the police got involved. And so I did watch that, and it was, like, a little bit troubling, but I have a theory. Because while they were, I think, in the, is it Moab? Moab? Whatever desert, yada, yada. So that's kind of near the area where they had gotten pulled over. Um, and in that same span of time that they were there, in the same area, this couple got murdered. So it was two women. They were camping together and they were murdered. And apparently, I guess some of their friends had said something to the effect like they had there was a gentleman that was near them in the campsite that was making them uncomfortable. So my theory is that he murdered these two women and then Gabby must have like found out was a witness to it started freaking out which is why the police got involved because some other people saw like an altercation between the two of them before they got in the van and started off down the road and then when they get pulled over Gabby is like in tears sobbing she doesn't sell them out so I don't know like if she was afraid for her life as well but my theory is that he killed these two random women she was witness to it or found out about it there was an argument about it then they got on the road, and then he's like, shit, I have to kill her now because she knows, and she's going to turn me in. So I really hope that it's not the case and that maybe she had, like, a mental break and just, like, fucked off somewhere and will come, like, resurface. I think that's what we all hope for is that she's still alive, but uh, I just don't know. Or the al- the alternative is that he didn't kill the women, that she killed the women. Mm. Might have initially been that the guy was making them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and then she was just like became unhinged because it sounded also like she was having like a mental health crisis and that's what the police report said yeah exactly yeah that when they pulled her over it made it sound like 
he was trying to defuse the situation and then that's why he like kind of pushed her away because she was I guess hitting him with her phone I don't know you know obviously we don't know what the circumstance leading up to it was Mm -hmm. but it does seem that maybe she was either in distress because she saw something that she wasn't supposed to see or because she was having a legitimate like mental break so yeah well and everybody deals with like trauma differently so like Mm -hmm. maybe that maybe it is the opposite and she killed the women and then she was just like take me away and he's just like i don't know what to do and then Mm -hmm. it got to a point where he's just like wait no get out of the car i'm done yeah i'm not dealing with you bye and then just dropped her off Mm -hmm. in the middle of the desert and left yeah and again i think it's important that like and i won't knock him for this because if you're ever in the situation where you think that someone's going to suspect you of murder He's doing the exact right thing, whether or not he's guilty or innocent, is to lawyer up, get an attorney, and don't say mm-hmm. anything until you have proper representation. Because he could so easily go in to be interrogated. And this is kind of like the um, Amanda Knox case, where she goes in and gets interrogated for 53 hours and is basically, like, forced into a confession because yeah. they just, like, wear you down. If he was innocent, that very well could have happened to him if he was you know, cooperating or decided to say anything. So I'm sure we'll see this play out over the next few weeks. And, you know, if they find her or find her body, which I hopefully they find her alive, but you never know. Or maybe he, maybe she killed them and then he killed her because he's like, Mm -hmm. rabid dog, got to put it down. Right. Oh, (laughs) that's awful. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how some people think, though. Like, yeah. And you don't know if you're traumatized, you don't know how you'd react. So hopefully we find out what happens. I hope this isn't one of those things where we just never get the resolution on it. And I'm sure once he does lawyer up and starts talking, we'll see a lot more come out about it. In less uh, depressing news, do you want to hear about the evil baby orphanage? Let's do the evil baby orphanage. Okay. So I'm going to take you back in time uh, to 2007. The year is, you know, we're freshmen, maybe sophomores. And nerd fighters are, like, a thing. So this is the group, the groupies for the Vlog Brothers, which are, like, early YouTube era channel where, like, John and Hank Green, they make videos back and forth to each other. I'm just giving you a little bit of background of where this comes from. And at some point, one of the two Green Brothers bring up the idea of if there was time travel, instead of, like, killing dictators or bad people, would we be okay with the idea of an evil baby orphanage in which we go back in time, snatch these babies out of their mother's arms after birth and just like take them to the evil baby orphanage so they don't have the chance for like the nurture part of nature or nurture get to them. And I, I'm very pro this idea, honestly. Mostly because I would be curious to see like once this group of teenage awful men grow up um, without their family influence, if they were still shitbags. So more from a research perspective for me. But also it's like you're going to get all of these evil dudes together and put them in one one orphanage so that mm-hmm. they can come together and scheme. Yeah. But see, like at the same time, if you were to take them as infants, like basically right out of their mom's cooch, you ab- abduct these children so that they don't ever have... Because I feel like every time we talk about, like, a shitty person on this podcast, they had some sort of traumatic childhood. So mm-hmm. I wonder if this could be, like, a rehab facility for, for these you. fucking babies <laughs> to see if they would still turn out to be evil. I feel like it's something that would have to exist outside of a timeline. You know, like, in, mm-hmm. um, did you watch Loki, the series? I did, yes. So, like, would be... At the the place with the thing. With all the Lokis. Yeah. With the alligator Loki is where the evil babies go. Well, maybe not that place, but just like sit in time out for a while. Like sit in a controlled environment. Sit where like all of the the variants hang out. Yes. Yes. And like, would you... Obviously, it would have to be at some point in the future that you would take them. Because I feel like you'd want to just like remove them from any potential family. Just be like, no, we're going to snatch this infant, we're going to take it away, mm-hmm. and we're going to hope that um, it's not genetically a beast and a monster. And hopefully we can reform them to be functioning members of society. Yeah. Well, I also feel a lot of it's, like, environmental factors, too, because I was watching a TikTok the other day where people were like, do you realize that most of the people that control our government, their mothers drank and probably smoked while they were pregnant with them? Mm-hmm. And then also... 
like probably have a massive amount of lead and aluminum in their brains just because they're that's when they were raised i fully and i think maybe you sent me this tiktok but i'm fully behind the theory that like all most of if not all of the boomer generation have some sort of like FAS or lead poisoning or like because lead was in fucking everything and people were still smoking and drinking while they were pregnant Mm -hmm. so now we have this generation of people which would explain all the fucking crazy people on Facebook that are still sharing minion memes and like anti-vax propaganda at the age of 60 and 70 like they all just have a little bit of the dum-dums from eating all the lead paint although I feel like I grew up in houses with lead paint and I never ate paint so Maybe it's just they're naturally stupider as well. Maybe. Although, okay, I didn't eat lead paint. I did, like, would pull plugs out of the wall a little bit and just give myself a little shocky shock. I mean, I feel like I used to do that by licking a battery. (laughs) (laughs) You'd, like, lick it and touch it in a certain way and it would, like, kind of zap you just a little bit. Yeah, like, just a little bit. Nothing crazy. I just want to feel alive. That's the only time I felt things. So, yeah, maybe I'm not that much better. 20 years, they're going to be like, yeah, if you ever purposefully electrocuted Mm -hmm. yourself or, like, went up to the electric fence with, like, a blade of grass. I never did that, surprisingly, because there was a lot of electric fences on our property because there was a lot of cows. Um, But I never touched one. You really got to try it sometime because it's a... a... Exhilarating, I bet. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's another place that my problems come from anyways Just, moving know, on liking a good electric shock so okay along with the evil baby orphanage this got me on kind of a bender the last couple of days thinking just like in general about time travel the ethics of time travel which sounds like stupid because you would think like if we had that capability, yeah, we would, like, want to go back in time and, like, correct all the wrongdoing. But at the same time, if you do that, you're affecting potentially entire generations of families, like, today. So let's say you went back and, like, well, and the only example I can think of is, like, the Holocaust. And I know that this is going to get me absolutely eviscerated. But the survivors of the Holocaust went on to have families of their own. So if you were to go back and undo those actions, you would be effectively killing generations of innocent people today. So is it worth the cost of undoing the past if you're eliminating innocent people in the present? I guess is the best way I could go about that. Or literally just like anybody from today going into the past and then Mm -hmm. possibly like giving them covid and then just decimating entire populations right right okay uh conspiracy what if covid was really caused by time travelers that came back from the future Mm. and that's why it's like really taking out the population what if like okay hear me out (laughs) off off-handed theory what if every time that there's a plague, it's because that's like a window in which time travelers are allowed, specifically during that time? Because also around plague times, it's about once every hundred years, right? There's also a lot of change happening around those periods. Basically like an impetus for moving into a new era. A lot of change, a lot of stuff coming in at once. So it's like that's the one time that time travelers are allowed to come back. Mm-hmm. They fuck around. They accidentally leave a big stinky and then fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> they're like, well, you know, that's they're going to have to deal with that. The implications of the, mm-hmm. the plague that we just dropped. Sorry. When I say I've been thinking about this a lot, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. So this is my <laughs> proposal. Let's say time travel is invented. First of all, I absolutely do not think that it is something that needs to be available to the public. No. Absolutely not. Because there is too many people that would take that and abuse it and then our timeline would be all sorts of fucked up and you just see people just like poofing out of existence in present day because somebody's like great uncle teddy that murdered my grandma i'm gonna go back and i'm going to get him and you're just like ruining present day families i also don't think that it should be the government as we have knowing as we know it now that should be in charge of it because you could very easily politicize things and go back in time and like change outcomes of different elections or like wars even 
So like, how do we manage it, I guess, is a good place. And going back to Loki, I feel like there needs to be like a central agency for time travel. But like, how do you elect the people? Because obviously we would want, want to elect and not just like all the rich, powerful people get to be in charge of time travel. It's like, how do you even go about electing people? Because you don't want to politicize time travel either. I think it's something that our tiny little human brains wouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. like, we need to bring in somebody else, like, extraterrestrials where mm-hmm. you at. Right. The aliens just need to control it for us. Because the only way I thought of doing this is like, okay, first of all, you have to be nominated. You can't nominate yourself to be a time travel person. But it all has to be anonymous nominations. You would submit this person's basically resume without their name to some sort of central agency. And then only after that central agency is like, yes, this person looks on paper to be pretty decent then you would have to write an essay of some sort. Each country would have like three of these nominees and you would have to like read the personal essay and then you don't get to know what they look like. You don't get to know their age or gender, any of that shit. You're just reading their essay and it has to be that like it doesn't reveal any of that kind of info in it. And then you have to pick the essay that you like the best. And then that's the person that represents your country because you don't know like what they look like or their political parties or anything. That's how I have come up to reason this i want to nominate hank green i do too <laughs> i honestly think best uh best case scenario mm-hmm. hank green i need you to drop your personal essay on what time travel means to you in my dms <laughs> please and also the ethical uh mm-hmm. ethical implica- implications of changing history Okay, and so that's another topic about this, is how are we using the time travel? I told you, I had a lot of thoughts about this over the last couple of days. I started um, medicine for uh, a case of the SADS and also for ADHD, so like, <laughs> there's been a lot of thought on time travel. And for, like, okay, I don't think that you should be allowed, so from the point of conception of time travel... You should not be allowed to go back more than like a day or two to change events because, again, you don't want to affect the people that are living currently. So, like, let's say time travel was invented September 13th of 2001. Okay, yes, you can go back in time and prevent 9-11 from happening, but you can't go back and prevent World War II. You can't go back any farther than that because you're going to affect the lives of living people. So, like, you get a, a maybe a week. We'll give a week span of time. I think that... You shouldn't be allowed to change anything. I think that you should do it from purely, like, a spectator view. Mm. So you can go back and be like, okay, we really just want to see what happened here. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a bad idea either. Just use it for, like, research purposes to, like, mm-hmm. figure out how we fucked up, what we can do to not fuck up again, and then, like, what happened to the dinosaurs. But you can't fuck with anything. You just have to go and purely spectate. That's a good point. Or the other thing I think is if people are like, I want to go back and I want to live in this time period, chances are you die. But Mm kind of like a Captain America situation where it's just like, we're going to drop you in the past. You're not going to, you can't come Mm -hmm. back. You have to stay there. Because then that would give a lot of evidence to why like certain people throughout history, like what's his nuts from St. Germain. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a time traveler for sure. Yeah, but they just, like, dropped him out. Good luck, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think it should be, a like, a Doctor Who scenario where mm-hmm. you can just travel around wherever the fuck you want. It should just be, yeah. you get, you go to the past, you stay in the past, you don't mm-hmm. come out of the past. And, like, even the, the future, like, if you're traveling to the future, it's purely to see what the outcome of what you're doing is now. So you can't go to the future and start messing with this stuff. You just have to see, oh, shit, we are doing this wrong. Let's go back and see how we can make this not happen. Mm-hmm. Although, if you were going to commercialize it, I do have a proposition for that as well. So it has to be purely, you have to have a guide, a very experienced time travel guide, and they are your babysitter, and they have full permission to murder you if you start fucking <laughs> up the timeline. So you go to this little time travel airport, right? And it's going to be much more limited. I don't want that many people time traveling. So let's say you win a lottery to go time traveling, right? And you meet your guide and he's like, okay, what era do you want to go to? And you're like, I want to go here. They're like, okay, so 
Timmy is an expert in medieval England. We're going to send you to Timmy. He's going to outfit you. He's going to tell you what you can and can't fucking do. And he's going to monitor your activity there very heavily to make sure you don't stand out. And if you get out of reach of Timmy, we're just going to murder you in the past because we can't have you fucking the timeline up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of waivers you have to sign for that. Yeah. And that would make sense as to, like, why weird artifacts have been found in weird parts mm-hmm. of the world, too. Also, I think when you get to that point, you're kind of getting to a very specific line where it could turn into a Westworld situation where mm-hmm. you're not actually time traveling. They're just like, yeah, you can go visit, uh, you know, feudal Japan. And then it's literally just like a bunch mm-hmm. of robots and actors. Androids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which realistically, we're going to get to the point where we have human like androids and Disney worlds of like past times before we ever get to see time travel. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you imagine, though, humanoid androids at Disney World and instead of the characters, they just Mm -hmm. have them be androids? I would be surprised and shocked if Disney wasn't already working on this technology. Oh, they are. I mean, they're working on androids and stuff. Hardcore. This was universal. Wait, no, because Marvel is Disney now, so it had to have been a Disney Imagineers doing this. And I think I've brought this up on the podcast before, but I saw this video of them working on the Spider-Man robotics and they literally launched this fucking spider-man robot across buildings and it's doing like all these gymnastics and flips and things and it lands and it looks so lifelike oh my god how do they how it's insane to me mm-hmm. that there's no way they don't have just like a fucking robot cinderella ai robot you know being worked on somewhere they run into the problem of like they have very specific standards for their character actors and it's like that could Mm -hmm. all be totally mitigated if you just made androids of that character well like i feel especially now in like covid time for public safety that's probably even better just to have a robot at the meet and greets that's very lifelike that can like participate in conversation Mm -hmm. also so i got on this era of the internet or area of the internet rather where it's like Disney people, which, okay, Disney adults, get it together, you guys. Yeah, no. Get it together. But people that, specifically the side of the internet I was on for a while was people that played characters in the parks. And apparently it's a rather large issue among the women characters that play the princesses or like Tinkerbell that grown men will like touch them inappropriately at meet and greets. Mm-hmm. So... You would also be eliminating that problem. Although some people really enjoy dressing up like a princess for work. So then you're like ruining their job because the men can't be trusted to behave like adults. There was this one event where we volunteered to dress up like princesses. A kid's day where you just like went and told stories and hung out with kids. It was Mm -hmm. weird, but it was like what all the education majors did. Yeah. But there was this one girl there who went on for like, it it was an adult. It was a college student as well. And, like, she wasn't unattractive, but she definitely wasn't Disney princess material. They have very specific standards for facial, you know, how tall you can be, what your weight can be, your face, what it looks like, your bone structure, everything, like, down to measurements. Well, they don't want, like, two different Cinderella's to look so drastically different and a kid goes to the park in two days in a row and it's a different person, very obviously. It kind of ruins the illusion for children. Right. Well, and then the other thing, like, she kind of looked like your freshman year roommate, too. Oh. This girl was going on and on about how she wanted to be a Disney princess and how she was going to be a Disney princess and she was going to go work in the parks. She was also 4'11". Yeah, it's like a very stringent set of guidelines as far as like height and measurements and like you said, even down to like your facial structure and your complexion. Like I, okay, again, I was on this, I wish I remember this girl's YouTube channel, but she played a a few different princesses in the park because all the white princesses kind of look the same, but with a different Mm -hmm. wig. And she said that she came into work one day with a pimple and they're like, sorry, we're going to have to get your understudy in here because you have a giant pimple. At some point, as you start to get older, then they start moving you out into like the evil stepsisters Mm -hmm. and like the evil stepmothers and, you know, like the evil older lady characters. And it's like... I'm 27, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Although, it would be kind of baller to play Lady Tremaine. Yeah. She's got a pretty... I don't know. I, I've always liked her costume. And then you would get to wear that big, like, poofy gray lady wig, so... And Lucifer. You get a cat. Yes. You get kitty cats. 
I just was uh, never under the impression that I would have the body type because I am built like a 16th century peasant. You know, my body is built for <laughs> it's built for endurance. It's built for starvation. Realistically, I could not eat for like a month and my body would be like, yeah, you know what? It's good. I'm built for potato famines. Yeah. Yeah. I have a short load bearing neck. I made for I made for impact. I made for falling off of cliffs and you know being able to walk it off. <laughs> oh god, I see now. That's like how I feel about like my complexion, the hair color. I'm like, okay, I used to really hate being pale, but it's like you know what? It's because I needed to be able to survive long, cold, dark winters back in the ancestral days. So mm-hmm. that's just the way it is, man. I just need to be able to soak up as much sun as I can. Because there's going to be an eternal winter come, you know, fall, winter, spring. And I got to be ready for it. Or if it becomes like 30 days of night and it's just 30 days of night and there's zombies everywhere. And no, that's vampires, isn't it? Vampires, yeah. Yeah. I just need to be ready to like not go into a depression, which har har. (laughs) We did that anyway, but... (laughs) But do you have any ghost stories for us? I feel like we need to do a little bit of paranormal stuff, at least. The last time that I tried to tell these ghost stories, these are both, or, yeah, they're both from my aunt. I have two, right? Mm-hmm. And it stopped recording as soon as I started talking about it, so I'm going to watch to make sure it keeps recording. But, like, the sound got messed up. Or, I can't remember, but it was, like, it got messed up as soon as I started talking about these. So we'll see if it gets messed up again. If it gets messed up again, we'll just know that it's we're not supposed to be telling these stories and we'll never do it again. Yeah. Unless then, you see us in person somewhere and then ask Ashley, but Yeah. So the first one is um that my aunt had a story about my grandpa that she could not explain. She has always believed that if you dream of someone, um, it's a visit from them, like from the spirit world. And like I kind of believe this too. I think that sometimes it's just, like, you remembering them, but there's, like, a very distinct definition between dreams where you are being visited by somebody and then dreams where you're having a memory or kind of wishful thinking. But I do think that you can, like, you know, kind of travel in the the dimensions in your dreams and then go see or people can come see you if they've passed or whatever or even living. There's, like, a whole thing on TikTok where people are like, oh, yeah, I astral project and, like, go see my friends and stuff, which I think – Okay, if you astral project, if you believe in that, don't infiltrate your friend's dreams. That is Mm -hmm. weird and invasive. And unless they tell you, like, yeah, come and fix my dream world because it's fucked up. But, like, don't just go of your own accord. That's a little invasive. Yeah, that's a little, you know, ask for some consent first. Although I could see that being, like, let's say you were able to astral project and maybe you have, like, a really big crush on this boy like, what if you just started astral projecting yourself into his dreams to, like, implant a crush on you in his mind? Girl, I feel like I did that, though. Really? <laughs> I'm not saying you should do that. I used to do that. It, or, like, I used to try to do that in high school. I'd just be like, I'm going to astral project into my crush's dreams. But then the weird thing is, is they started to develop a crush on me. But then I'm like, I don't, maybe I'm just charismatic and that's why. Yeah. Or maybe they, you're just putting that vibe out there that you have a crush on them. So they're like, oh. Yeah. She's into this. So it could have been many things, but I like to think that you just projected yourself into their dreams and like they fell in love with you because they kept dreaming about you and they just couldn't explain it. Yeah. I feel actually I feel like that's happened a lot. I was just like, I have a casual crush on this person. Let's let's put out the vibe and then they're like, Oh yeah, I have a crush <laughs> on you back and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yes. And I was like, actually I don't really have a crush on you. Like It's the thrill of the chase for you. Yeah, it really, it really do be like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, back to the to the story. Yes, yes, yes. She believes if they come and visit you in a dream, it's a visit. Most of the time, if people think about it, it happens when you need that visit the most, like you're going through something stressful or something's happening. So specifically for my aunt, in 2015, she had a cancer scare. And I remember this happening because I, like, they used to live kind of down the road from us. And so... I was over at her house and she was talking about how the doctor 
was just had told her yeah you've got Hodgkin's lymphoma he was being very negative about the whole thing and he's like yeah no you should start getting your affairs in order so she's like I was scared but she was prepared for the treatment that the doctor had said that she needed and she had to have surgery to remove the lump in her neck the night before the surgery she went to bed and she was restless but she did manage to get to sleep at one point she woke up and standing beside the bed was my grandpa so my grandpa looked at her and he said girl don't you worry about anything you do not have cancer and so she remembers very distinctly that she could see like the hair on his arms and the wrinkles on his face um because like I don't know about when you dream about people like but sometimes when I dream about people if it's not like a vivid dream it's usually like kind of a blurred vision of them not all the detail my brain just kind of like we got to get through the shit as quick as possible so but she she remembers that she could see the hair on his arms and the wrinkles and everything so she went back to sleep and when she woke up she knew that everything was going to be okay she even told the surgeon that it was going to be okay and then three days later she got the results and it was just a fatty lump so her her questioning is did he come to tell me that she would be okay or did she dream it she does think that he was at her he like visited her he was at the side of her bed telling her that it was going to be okay like and you know she'd actually woke up rather than it just being a dream so that's that's my first ghost story that's pretty sweet yeah i mean my grandpa was a good dude he was just looking out yeah can can we hear the story about the men in the blue suits yes <laughs> i like this one a lot you guys Okay, so this actually, it's probably good that it did get deleted because I saw something on TikTok that was very similar to this. So I'll tell this story and then I'll talk about um, the stuff I've been seeing on TikTok yes. kind of about similar stuff. So the next story that my aunt had was about my great-grandma. So this is her mom, my great-grandma. And this was after my grandma had been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. So she was diagnosed in June and like she originally started with like a softball sized lump on her back that her primary care physician was just like that's just you know a fat deposit it's not nothing to worry about and then it ended up being terminal lung cancer and it just like she was like kind of okay but kind of sick and then it just like went very quickly downhill the first incident with my grandma and my aunt was on a night in late August so like during the summer I had kind of I me had been kind of staying with my grandma a little bit just to like hang out with her make sure she had everything and she was you know she's kind of deteriorating 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 but I think as it was starting to get later in the year she started to go quicker my aunts and stuff stayed with her more often and my mom and everybody did as well so this was in late August after I had left for school. My aunt had spent the night with my grandma and she had slept on the couch. My grandma slept on the love seat. And my aunt woke up the next morning and she went and sat on the love seat next to my grandma and helped her get her pain patch on because she had like the heavy duty, like mm -hmm. slow release pain patches. My grandma turned to look at my aunt and she whispered, who is that sitting on the couch? So my aunt looked over and she saw that the blankets were kind of piled up at the end of the couch. And my aunt said, oh, it's just my blankets, mom. She, my grandma turned to her again and she said, are you sure? And so at that point, my aunt was like, you know, I had goosebumps. It sent cold chills down my spine. She doesn't really know why, but maybe it was the whisper that my grandma was asking the questions in. But my aunt was like, no, it's okay. No one's sitting there. But my grandma was not convinced. The next incident was about three weeks later. At this time, she pretty much needed 24-hour care. This was a Sunday, and that evening, again, my aunt was staying the night. My other great-uncle was there, and he had to leave. And so my aunt said that she'd be there in about 10 minutes. So, like, it was my uncle was leaving, my aunt was coming in. It was dusk when my aunt pulled up to the driveway, and she saw the front door open, which was not unusual. So she went in, and my grandma was asleep on the love seat again. So my aunt went and sat on the couch and was just kind of waiting for her to start stirring or get up or to see if she was even going to get up. My grandma woke up about an hour later and she was just pissed. She was furious. She's like, it's time. It's time for my shower. Time to get washed, which my aunt did every night. She's like, okay, you know, let's go. So after she got her washed, got her nightclothes on, my grandma sat in the chair in her bedroom and she looked at my aunt. She said, I do not want you to have company here. She, like, my grandma was pissed. She was fully convinced there was other people in this house while, you know, my aunt was there. She had been sleeping, that these people had come in. My aunt's like, okay, what you talking about, Mom? And my grandma's like, you need to go tell the men in the living room to leave. 
And my aunt's like, okay, mom, who are you talking about? What men? And my grandma said, the two men in the blue suits. And once again, she just got like cold chills because my grandma believed that wholeheartedly this, there was men in the front room with blue suits on. And like, the thing is that my grandma never really, like she didn't have Alzheimer's, she didn't have dementia. She was pretty lucid until the last few days, I think. I mean, she was a little loopy because she's on all these pain meds, but I would call her on the phone and she was making perfect sense to me. My grandma at this point, she's starting to get even more and more pissed. And, like, she she kind of had a temper. So she's like, you you need to go tell them to leave. My aunt's like, okay, I'll go. And she went to the living room. And she said loud enough for my grandma to hear, you have to leave. She doesn't want you here. And then she said in a lower voice that she knew that my grandmother could not hear, she's not ready yet. The last time that there was an incident with the men in the blue suits, it was about five days before my grandma passed. My aunt was sitting at the dining room table, and she was just kind of sorting through some old photographs, just kind of getting ready to distribute them after my grandma had passed. My grandma was sitting on the couch and kind of moving her head from side to side, and my aunt said, you know, what's wrong? My grandma said, I can't see you because of the two men in the blue suits. And this time, she wasn't as mad as she was just accepting, and so... My aunt, she said she felt a drop in, of temperature in the room and once again just felt like chilled to the bone, goosebumps, but this time like she could feel it getting colder in the room. And she said, I can only figure that she was ready this time and they came back to guide her. So my aunt was talking to the hospice nurse about these two men in the blue suits and the hospice nurse said that she knew so many stories of people seeing family or guides to help them on their journey. First of all, no idea who these two dudes in the blue suits are. Because she didn't identify them. She just said two men in blue suits. Yeah. So I don't know if those were like her spirit guides or if it was like, you know, people from her past that maybe she just couldn't see them very well. Because she was like, you know, obviously a little loopy from the meds. and. Mm-hmm. But then on TikTok, I saw a couple of TikToks where people were having very similar experiences as hospice nurses. And they were saying... A lot of their patients right before they passed would see people from their past. Um, One I can think of in particular is one lady who was, she was younger. She's like 55 and had a terminal illness. And she was like, oh my gosh, you're going to think I'm crazy. I saw this guy from my past in my front room. And, you know, we used to date and we just ended up moving apart because of jobs and school and stuff, and then we just never got back together. She's like, but I always felt like he was the love of my life. And so then the hospice nurse looked it up with her. The guy had already passed away as well. And so the lady kind of was like, oh, you know, maybe he is visiting me. And then the hospice, you know, the lady kind of passed shortly after that, and the hospice nurse is like, I like to think that they ended up together. Me too. That's very sweet. Yeah, those are the ghost stories I have from my aunt. The other thing with my grandma, and this might be hard to believe, but after she passed away, I always felt like when I was, like, stressed out or something or something bad was going to happen, like, I can, like, almost, it's like I can feel her behind me. Mm. And it's, like, kind of stressful. And at first I was just like, oh, you know, that's just me. Like, I'm doing some weird grieving process. But then um, my grandpa, when he was passing from cancer, he was like, you know, you know that grandma stands behind you, right? And I was just like, what? He was like, you know, she like, she'll put her hand on your shoulder sometimes, right? His wife was like, oh, don't listen to him. He's not making any sense. And I was just like, no, but that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was also kind of spooky. And I still feel like that sometimes, like she's just sitting there, like, especially when stuff goes bad, she's just like, it'll be okay. Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of reassuring. Or sometimes she's just warning me that something bad is going to happen. Props, Grandma. Except for when it's like, uh, I don't have any idea of what's going to happen. And then you're like, what is ha- <laughs> What is coming down the pipeline? <laughs> Which planet is in retrograde? How do I prevent this? Yeah. I, I don't think that I've ever been uh, visited by a spirit of a dead loved one, so... I would like to keep it that way. I mean, if people, if our listeners don't believe this, that's fine. But I'm like, there have been times where I've had to be like, Grandma, I understand that you're trying to warn me of something, but I really need you to not because I Mm -hmm. cannot handle the stress right now. Yeah. (laughs) 
The anxiety I'm going to hold for the next two weeks waiting on something to happen is just too much. (laughs) Just waiting for the ball to drop. All right. Well, do you have some ghosty stories? Yeah, I do, actually. So my friend Allie, hometown buddy, she actually messaged me on Facebook the other day. She's like, hey, do you like still need ghost stories? Because I guess she was listening to our previous episode Mm -hmm. on her way to work where we told ghost stories. I was like, fuck yeah, I do. (laughs) And so she sent me like a very hefty... It's several smaller ones, but I'm going to tell them all because it all happens in the same house. Um, But just for like a little bit of backstory. So they lived in a house that's right across from a Catholic church. And Allie, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a cemetery like really nearby? For some reason, I'm getting a cemetery. I know there's like a shitty playground, but I feel like there's also a cemetery somewhere nearby. But anyway, I digress. Cross the street from a Catholic church for sure. Um, and so she says the house was pretty chill until her dad started like adding onto the house and demoing the upstairs, doing like renovations and things. And that's like when shit really started to get weird. So when this happened, like the kids in the house, there were four. So she's the oldest of four. And they all started kind of to, like, sleep together in the same room because it just, like, got really spooky. A lot of the times what would happen is, like, they would get woken up in the middle of the night by something spooky. And then they would just, like, all go to the same room and sleep together. So she says the first occurrence that I can recall is that she would have multiple night terrors. So she'd wake up with pressure on her chest and the feeling that something was touching her under the covers and, like, she couldn't move or scream. And then when she finally could, it was like a rush of fear and she had to leave the upstairs of her house. And it seems like most of this activity is taking place in the upstairs of the house. And I can confirm, I have been to this house a handful of times and it was the spooky. Um, And also we played spin the bottle and I kissed a boy I did really not want to be kissing. So I can assure you that it probably is a cursed home. (laughs) Anyway, she goes... Continuing on, that this is probably about when she was a fourth grader. So she, I'm just going to read it like quote unquote as if I'm her. So she says, I would lay down and see this like generic white mist shaped like a little girl. I could make out generic features like a nose, mouth, hair, but no eyes. She would only be seen when laying down. So every night it would get closer till finally it was close enough that if I reached out, I could touch her. I asked my mom what it was. So she laid down to make me calm down. And then her face went pale and she told me it was the reflection from the moon. After that night, the mist went away. And when I was older, I asked my mother about it. She states she saw a girl and didn't want to scare me. So my mom had already seen her on different occasions and hadn't realized that we were all seeing her as well. (laughs) So the next one says, my parents were out of town and I was supposed to stay at a friend's. She knew about my house and wanted to stay there instead. My parents said it was okay. So... We go to my house and it's not even dark out when she starts like asking it or whatever to come out, it being the ghost. We hear a banging and something moving downstairs. We go downstairs and all the cupboards are open in the kitchen and it looks like a mess. The Lazy Susan is open and a trail of smashed Oreo leads from there to a pile in front of the TV in the living room. So this little girl ghost had a hankering for some cookies, it sounds like. And she goes, the TV was now on and playing static. We left immediately and went back to Steph's house. Which, that's me and Ghost Form, just rummaging through the kitchen to look for the cookies. The next one, she says, Boo and Wyatt. So Wyatt is her little brother. And then Boo, I believe, is her sister, Allie. I can't remember if she is the second oldest or your younger, your two sisters. I'm sorry. I know, it. I actually, I'm not going to say all their names because if they're not included in the story, I don't want to you know, put their names out there. But anyway, Boo and Wyatt. So my two siblings were going to the bathroom upstairs. One was guarding the door to the toy room, which was the room with the most ghostly, like craziness. And yes, we usually went in pairs upstairs because it was creepy at times. When a black mass appeared in the corner and started to crouch down. My siblings then began screaming. When the mask came across the room at them, they described it as a lunge. My siblings both jumped over the railing to the stairs and came flying down, pants still not up from going to the bathroom. Mom investigated and found nothing, but said it felt wrong, like she wasn't supposed to be up there, and we all slept downstairs that night. That, no, I don't, that's scary. Like, Mm -hmm. what, what spirit creature goes after children like that? Mm -hmm. Especially children tend to go on the potty. So the next one, she says, my room is now, just for reference, she was a majorette in high school. 
So she goes, my room is now the old toy room at this point. Boo, so her sister, went into my room to grab something. She said she was looking for it and her back was to a large portion of the room when she felt something watching her. She turned to see if it was me and had my baton from Majorette's thrown across the room at her. (laughs) She came flying downstairs. I went upstairs to investigate. My baton was in the hallway, no longer in my room. I don't know if it was thrown at her again on the way out, but that's how it got there. But it wasn't in my room anymore. Again, I had a feeling of dread, like I needed to leave the upstairs. So this ghost was practicing their... Um, baton twirling they're ma- baton twirling they were probably going to participate in the miss america pageant and boo just interrupted the pageant practice so i'd throw it at her too okay there's a couple more this one in the story boo was putting clothes away in my room when my tv began to turn on and off and the dvd began opening and shutting she comes and gets me and i go upstairs and unplug it and something s- sarcastic along the lines of now try and freak us out you stupid ghost was said And then the TV turns on while I have the plug in my hand and the volume turns all the way up. You can see the volume prompt come across the screen and turn itself up. So like old school TV, you know what it looks like. And it makes this horrible white noise sound. And then so her and her sister take off running. Obviously, I would too. The next one, she goes, I got up to pee one night, came out of the bathroom and saw a little girl swaying her arms against her dress at the other end of the hallway. She was smiling and just looking at me laughing slightly like a chuckle. I froze and felt something terrible. Then the little girl's face changes into a terrified expression. I feel like she isn't looking at me, but at something behind me. I slowly look over my shoulder and see this old gentleman in like a top hat and suit. He was terrifying. I go to run down the hall and the little girl does the same. And when she goes to take her first step, she vanishes. I jump into Hannah's bed, wake her, and the man appears in the doorway. I'm screaming, so my parents come up the stairs and flip on the light. When they flip it on, he vanishes and left a black haze, almost like smoke. My dad didn't see any of it, but my mom saw the haze as well. We all slept downstairs that night. <laughs> I like how frequently it's like... We all slept downstairs. <laughs> Which, fair. If all the spooky stuff was happening upstairs, I don't know that I would want to sleep up there either. I'm going to skip down a couple, and then maybe we'll save some of these for the next time. But this one includes a Ouija board. So she says, my sister's friends brought over a Ouija board because we had a scary house and we were young and dumb, which like, yes, fair, but also girls. No, you don't bring, no, no, no. You don't bring Ouija boards to places that are haunted in like a ominous way. So she goes on to say nothing really happened during the reading because they got scared. Fair. But my mother later found the board and threw it out. Months later, my mother is deep cleaning and starts freaking out and screaming at all of us, demanding to know who did it. With no idea what she's referring to, she shows us the board she threw out months ago. It had been wedged between the wall and a couch. Me and all my siblings swear even to this day that none of us went and got it out of the trash. And by all of our reactions, I really don't think any of us did, since everything was crazy at the house at this point. So none of them had the balls, basically. There's a few other little stories, but basically it all comes to a head. And she says that I don't remember what specific incident triggered it, but we contacted our father at the local Catholic church and he asked what was going on. And he had come over with another gentleman all dressed in robes. He, they came in and blessed the house with holy water and some incense stuff. They walked through the house saying some prayers, spraying water everywhere, like everywhere. She put that in all caps. So it must've been a fucking slip and slide in there. (laughs) Uh, They left crosses and crucifixes and pictures of white Jesus. Uh, She didn't say white Jesus, but I'm assuming. (laughs) Everywhere in the bedrooms upstairs had little bowls of holy water outside the door that we had to use to sign the cross before entering our bedrooms. After that, we never had anything happen again there and people no longer felt terrible when they came over. He said if we started having it again to contact him. We moved a few years later and I'm not sure if it's come back or not, so... Might have to do a drive-by of that house next time I'm in my hometown. That remi- like that sounds like my parents' house, though. Mm-hmm. And the thing with, like, ghostly stuff is, like, you can't tell if you're just going crazy. Because a lot of times, at least for me, when there's, like, a lot of activity somewhere, is I have a really hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. So when you don't sleep, you start to become psychotic. It doesn't matter how much of a, you know how strong mentally you are Mm -hmm. after so many days without sleep you become psychotic period so you can't tell if you're just like not getting sleep and you are starting to become psychotic and hallucinating things or if it's the ghosts 
But there's been a few times where I'm like, I'll see something go by and I'm just like, okay, we're just going to pretend like that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And then someone else will say something. I'm like, oh, you saw that too? Oh, okay. Aha, I'm not crazy. Aha. It's tarot time. Baby, tarot it's tarot time. time. Let's find out what's going to happen this week. Okay. So, tarot time for this week. First, we have the six of wands reversed. This is like, uh, like you tried to do something, you failed, you have a little bit of a bruised ego right now. Um, and then we have the three of wands reversed, which is like you're kind of getting held back. Your your progress is delayed. Your you know your ego is bruised. You're delayed. We have the tower, which again is like you're kind of resisting, resisting the decision. So, you know, maybe a decision was made that wasn't in your favor. You're kind of resisting it. It's holding you back. But what you need is to find a little compromise, find a little harmony in the situation. Um, Kind of trust your intuition. Queen of Cups upright. The previous card was temperance. Because then um, if you are patient, if you trust your intuition, the fruits of your labor will kind of show themselves at seven of pentacles upright so i think that's a good short sweet one that is a good one our weekly fuck yous um john mulaney absolutely john mulaney ugh um and then also every baby that can and will and may someday reside at the evil baby orphanage um okay wait a preemptive fuck you. What would be your, like, top three roster for the Evil Baby Orphanage? Okay, like, for sure, Hitler's going there. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Stalin, he's going to because he had more, you know, he had a higher body count than Hitler did. Mm-hmm. And number three. Oh, this is hard because I can think of a few. I'm thinking, like, you. I, I feel like I have two dictators. So as much as I would love to choose another one... I'm going to go the route of saying Donald J. Trump because he has, like, made the last five years of my life very stressful. Um, And (laughs) I just want to return to a day where our news cycle, thankfully, he has been out of the news cycle for, like, a year now, which, thank God, except for when I was in Missouri last weekend, which it was Missouri, of course. I was at the Lake of the Ozarks with some friends. And we were at an Airbnb. One of the neighbors in the neighborhood had a flag that says, don't blame us. We voted for Trump. And I'm like. "Mm." Have you seen the flags that are like Trump 2022? Yeah, 2024 even. But I think the even more ridiculous ones are the 2022 because they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're going to go in the middle of a presidential term. There's some sort of protest happening this weekend. So when this airs. It will have happened, so if something hits the fan, we'll be behind the news cycle, but Well, yeah, because it's like to protest the arrests that have been made in sentencings, I think, Mm -hmm. in regards to the, what was it, January 6th or January 9th? Yeah, 6th. I can't remember what the day day was, but um, I, for my evil baby orphanage, I would have to say... If I'm not picking the people that you've already picked, we're saying that we're creating this roster together. Sure, sure, Obviously. Sure. I would have to say Thomas Edison. Because he stole all of Nikola Tess's great, brilliant ideas? No, because he stole everybody's brilliant yeah. ideas. Like, he basically created um, centralized, like, the centralized capitalist movement where, like, everything is under one umbrella. Mm. Um, rather than being shared equally. Yeah, bye. He single-handedly, like, destroyed small business, pretty much. Like, not even, no cap. He stole everybody's mm. patents and ideas. He worked, I think he worked in the patent office, didn't he? And he would just, yeah, like, take people's like ideas and put his name on them and be like, yes, I am, I am the patent holder. I am okay. so smart. That's a very good one that I would never have thought of in a million years, but you're absolutely right. Well, because I was like, I was going to say like Jeff Bezos, but it's like Jeff Bezos is not the root of the problem. And mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back even further. Probably also the Carnegies, whoever the main guy of the Carnegies was, because again, falling into capitalist mm-hmm. bullshit, Ronald Reagan. 
Oh, that's a good one too. I did think of two more wild cards I'd like to add. All right. Um, I can't remember his name, but I recently watched the documentary on the Amazon Prime, Lula Rich, about the <laughs> LuLaRoe company. And so I want uh, Deanna and her husband, I think Mark, to go there yeah. because they just seem like fucking terrible people. So they could go to the evil baby orphanage as well. But yeah, mine's very American-centric, but I feel like a lot of the problems in the world could be solved if we just, mm-hmm. you know. I, th- I think that these are those are problems that were further reaching and caused much bigger implications than just America. Yep. And maybe yep. it's short-sighted. And there's there's plenty more evil people throughout history, but those are just Christopher like Columbus. This is also true. He should go to the evil baby orphanage as well. Yes. Lots of people. Like, I'm getting lots of thoughts now of people that should go to that evil baby orphanage. Lots of them. It'd be a very diverse cast of characters. Hi. Yeah. Well, and it kind of depends on what your definition of evil is, too, and, like, Mm -hmm. where you... So that's why we need an impartial, like, alien brain. Mm -hmm. Just controlling everything. Yeah. Which is why I think it should be Hank Green, because I feel like he could be objective. I also feel like he could be a little bit of a sociopath, though. So, like, uh-huh. if something needed to be done, he could be like, no, that has to be like this because it will disrupt the flow of time. So, on that note, you guys, let us know who would be your top number one pick to include in the Evil Baby Orphanage, someone that we haven't picked already because we're building our Dream Team roster together. Mm-hmm. So, drop that in the Group DMs. Group project. Group project, yeah. We'll compile a PowerPoint at some point. Um of the evil baby orphanage and on that note we'll see you next week and you know where you know what i'm not even going to do this spiel you know where the shit is it you're smart you'll figure it out i'm going to go eat some cake feed these cats we will see you you will hear us rather next week okay bye bye